It's, it, I think so. Uh, music yeah. theory, I didn't know there was going to be a test. Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music, episode 154, the Jack Nicholas episode. If I sound like I'm in a good mood, it's because I got a really, uh, really good and accurate and specific fortune cookie today. So things are looking up. Also, I'm in a good mood because joining the podcast this week is Laura Jane Vincent. She is a performer, multi-instrumentalist, and singer-songwriter. Her most recent album called All These Machines was released in February of 2020. In addition to being a musician in her own right, she is also a manager and publicist for some other musicians. I have information uh, for that and links to her music in the show notes. You can find her music at laurajanevincent.bandcamp.com and we'll also have links in the show notes to her Facebook and YouTube, uh, Instagram, and TikTok. I gotta check out that TikTok. All the kids are talking about. But right now, here is Laura Jane Vincent. me 
December 1st of last year. I hadn't put an album out since 2020 because like a lot of people, I put an album out right at the beginning of 2020. And so I felt like it was time to put a couple singles out. And Two Way Mirror was a song that I ended up writing. Um, I was part of a songwriters group, like a weekly, you try, try to write a song in a week and get real frantic the night before and finish it kind of a song. And it was pretty good. I was happy with it, but I just, I needed to do some more work on it and not rush it. So I was happy to go back to it and work on it a little bit. So the main thing about Two-Way Mirror, I guess I can talk about kind of what I'm trying to get across and what it's about. It's basically, I think that when you first, I'll start off, I'll start off by saying that I had a couple friends uh, this past year or so um, have children for the first time and talking to some of my friends about building that relationship with their kids was really, really fascinating. And it was really, really cool to hear. And it sounded very similar to the things that you worry about and also do when you're first like even starting to like fall in love with someone. I know that sounds strange, but it almost is the same kind of dance as far as it felt that way with the people I was speaking with anyway. They didn't want to disappoint their kids. They wanted to be a better person for their kids. It sounded similar to a lot of things that I think sometimes you're afraid of when you're sharing yourself with somebody. And so I think that it kind of works on both levels for that song. And it does that thing where it makes it kind of universal for either reason. But I think the the main metaphor, if you will, I was trying that I was trying to get across. I don't know if I even did that properly, but I feel like, you know, when you're first kind of meeting someone or interacting with somebody, you only see back reflected kind of the good things. And so there's there's more back there behind. There's just the main reflection. So I think that's just something to kind of keep in mind in general. So that's kind of where that song came from. Nice. The recording yeah. of that song is that um, is that two acoustic guitars or electric guitars? It's actually a um, it's my it's my electric guitar. It's this uh, really cool old Palmer guitar that I really really love. It's a hollow body, and I had just gotten a brand new amp that week. <laughs> Literally that week, I'd gotten a Vox AC10 that sounded they sounded just really great together. I'd had really loved that guitar, 
just never really had a good amp for it. And my producer suggested that I get an AC-10 and um, use a Vox, and it's been perfect match ever since then. <laughs> so. Yeah, it sounded really nice. You know, that's a song that, like, I think somebody might might write and then say, okay, this is an acoustic guitar song, you know, but uh, yeah, but yeah, Santa, this is a really good I sound. I wanted to kind electrics. of flush it out a little bit and just kind of still have a nice, still have a real nice rhythm sound from it. Like I still got really great, you know, um, kind of rhythm sound from that, but it was the first time I did try to do kind of a little bit of lead on things and whatnot. It just got, I don't know, the way it sounds in the, in the room together, it really was kind of an accidental magical thing that happened with this way it sounded. Cause usually I depend on, you know, a lot of friends to help me record. That was something I just did in my music room and it just kind of came together real, real magically. And uh, where were these songs recorded? Um, I recorded the two way mirror and uh, the other single seams. I recorded that at my house in Glendon, North Carolina. Um, and the album previously, all these machines was the one that I recorded at the studio I work at normally, which is black rabbit audio, which is where I am right now. Oh, okay. I'm lucky to work at this nice fancy room. <laughs> yeah. Where, where is that? This is in Greensboro, North Carolina. So Glendon is about an hour south of Greensboro. I went to school and lived in Greensboro and was a real active part of the music scene. So I still live, um, I only live about an hour away from it, but I still very much count Greensboro as kind of a a home city for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the place that I probably play and work and collaborate with musicians the most in North Carolina, for sure. i 
seems was recorded in almost the same way and kind of style as T-Way Mirror. It was definitely me just kind of trying things out on my own for the first time. Like I said, I'm very, very new to learning how to record myself or track myself or do anything really. Uh, and they were still mixed and mastered uh, elsewhere, but I was able to just kind of mess around with some some cool noises with the amps that I had and kind of try some try some plugins for the first time and just try to see what was happening. <laughs> so again, it, it seemed very accidental, but I was, you know, trying really hard to come across with, again, not just an acoustic sound. I feel like I played a lot of acoustic music in my past and I've been trying to experiment with some more electrical sounds. And so it was really fun to be able to get across the sound that I wanted. I wanted the vocals to sound very hollow and echoey. I wanted it to sound like maybe I was performing, but in a more of a kind of a, instead of, Instead of a terrestrial kind of space, it was more of an outer kind of space kind of thing. We're trying to get more, still the roots of folk music, but we I've been really wanting to experiment more with uh, layers of electric sound and kind of make it a little bit more kind of spacey and psychedelic sounding too. So that was the first time I think I got that done properly with a song that I'd written for just that kind of style. This might not be true because I thought about this after listening and didn't go back to check, but um, the the like chord progression there, never resolves it's like it never resolves to the one to the mate to the main major chord is that right it's it, i think so uh, music yeah. theory i didn't know there was gonna be a test yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> i think so i think that's why i like it what's the, the difference between dorian kind of and minor okay. <laughs> oh man that class was real early in the morning i don't think i ever made it to that one yeah. uh i agree with you there though it, it definitely has a different kind of I'm guilty of this in Hose's writing where I, my verse doesn't make sense for what my chorus is, but it feels right to me. So I think that's what comes out in that song as well. Definitely. Oh yeah. I wasn't saying it made sense. I mean, I like, I like that. that. I like that idea that you I don't feel like out, yeah. <laughs> you don't feel tied down to, you know, Oh, it's got to, it's got to end on this major scale. Yeah. Note, that sort of thing. Resolve it's, feels really good, but it's not always necessary. Right. Kind of a thing. Like, um, dreams. Is it dreams? Yeah. Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have that one. Okay. <laughs> Never goes back. Yeah. Um. Do you have uh? Do you have like a a band or a regular group of musicians that you play with? Yes, I'm really lucky. Uh, I have a group. I have actually. I have some musicians that I play with in a couple different places. Um. I'm just now starting to really play with a full, full band now, and I'm really happy with it. I have uh, some local heroes that help me out almost every time. Um. Really, I've been trying to the thing I want to uh, kind of get across on stage the most is just a more of a rock and roll sound. I really love a four piece band. It really is nice, nice to hear lead and bass. That's really great bass, really in with the percussion very well. And then me very comfortably, but still kind of trying to get out outside my own box a little bit of playing some rhythm guitar and a little bit more of a, a bigger sound. So that's kind of the setup we've been going with. And I've been performing with uh, Tom Troyer, who is uh, also my producer from black rabbit audio. He's been on lead guitar with me for a couple years now seems like. And then we brought in a local bass player, Jared Zemmer as well. And um, I play drums with a variety of people. My husband is a drummer, Dave Tippett's. Uh, Aaron Cummings has been an awesome drummer to have uh, to play with us locally. Down further south, I play with uh, a couple of people in Charleston too, Danny Enfinger on bass and uh, our friend Scotty, we call him Scotty Business on drums. He's one of my favorite drummers I've ever collaborated with. So I'm really lucky in the sense that because I've been doing this for so long and playing with so many bands, there's a lot of people that are willing to also people willing to jump right in with a little, little to no practice, which is mm -hmm. also 
part of it too. So I got a lot of brave friends that I don't think I'm necessarily doing anything that complicated that they can't get through. And of course it would be better if we were a little bit more tight and had more time and consistency. And those are the goals for the future is to have that a little bit more. But for right now, I'm really, really just grateful for people that are, you know, just kind of willing to jump in and try it and, but still attentively kind of work their best to make the songs go a little further. Like these songs are just a few chords that I made. These songs are just a few things I'm saying and singing that feel good to me. So when there's, you know, more than a couple people behind me back there working on it and making it sound even fuller and bigger. It's just, it's very, it's a real, real fun and lovely thing to see. feels real natural. <laughs> More from Laura Jane Vincent in just a few moments. I want to remind you that you can find her music at laurajanevincent.bandcamp.com and a few other places. If you check the show notes, you'll see that. And also links for her social media. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're hearing this for the first time through just some uh, weird sequence of events and uh, you have never listened to a podcast before, you can just Google WNC Original Music. It'll point you to a place and uh, probably change your life, to be honest. But in general, you can find the podcast at all the podcast places like Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, and you can always go to wncoriginalmusic.com for all the episodes Corrections and clarifications from last week's episode with Carrie Morrison. A Dutch oven is a large stovetop cooking pot, uh, and it's also a pretty funny practical joke. So we were both right. Hello, this is Joseph from Crave Amico, and you're listening to WNC Original Music. What are, uh, what are some of your favorite places to play music? Um, locally. Or laser tag. Yeah, besides that. <laughs> Locally in Greensboro, there were some places that even we had no places to play. They kind of made places happen for us to play, you know, when when we just could only play outside or could only play with very, very limited people. Um, so places like Odin Brewing uh, really came through um, and really t- took care of us. They're a local brewery in town um, with just, just the sweetest owners ever, and they really support us a lot. And uh, so that's one of my most favorite places in Greensboro. Um, I also really have enjoyed uh, in Winston, we have the Ramcat and the Gas Hill Drinking Room. Those two venues are kind of located in the same building. The Gas Hill is on top. It's like a lovely listening room. And uh, the Ramcat is the big venue downstairs. And I've been able, lucky enough to play on both those stages. And I think it's just a really well-run facility. And I just really like it. It sounds great in there. Um, those are two of my most favorite places right around here. Um, places I've gotten, to, I've been lucky enough to play around. I really, I love to play in Awndall Green in Charleston, South Carolina. That's one of my, um, another place that feels like kind of coming home there when I play there every time. Um, and then just, you know, there's a lot of places I see shows at that have big dreams to play there. I have not played there yet, but those are some of my most favorite spots that I end up always kind of coming back to for sure. And we've been lucky on the road to play in places like, you know, Purple Fiddle in West Virginia has been awesome. Um, there's a really great place called Ebenezer's Coffee House in Washington, D.C. that I always used to play at before in the before times. Um, so there's a lot of little little nooks and crannies. There's some really great venues all up the East Coast that do their best to take care of you. Even if they can't pay you much, you know, necessarily for your show, they just, they do their best to take care of you and make you feel like you're at home. So that's a, that counts for me. So that oh. feels like a, a lot of those places make me feel comfortable. Okay. 
Your Ground is a song that is, I've actually been debating this really. So it's not the title track from my, my album that came out. It's, but it has the lyrics where they came from. Uh, so my album is called All These Machines and there's a line in Hold Your Ground that, that refers to that. So, but it is kind of what I like to think of as kind of sort of the title track of the album. Something that we, I think, I think that song has a good, lot of good representations of what the entire album does. So I really am proud of that one and the way it came out. Several different musicians contributed to it, and I just really love where it came from. It's a song that's real personal to me as far as 
it's based on a, a true story of something that um, I just learned about through the through the way you learn about things, you know, the way you watch news or social media. And it was just a true story of a of kind of a tragedy that occurred, and it just could not. I just couldn't shake it, and so it's so the first time that a song really kind of made itself happen for me. It was the first time that a song kind of wrote itself, um, kind of wrote, wrote itself, and or just at least told me that it was there and it needed to be done. <laughs> So and, I really uh, like that a lot. What was that story? It's um so it's basically long story short. I don't want to go too far into the the, the weeds of it because again, it's just something that you know after over time you don't even know if you have all the details correct necessarily. But um, it's about these these two people in Texas that that were spending time together on Christmas Eve, and this woman was an, a hired escort. She was a sex worker. Um, it still doesn't mean that when she showed up, she didn't have the right to say, you know what? Something doesn't feel right. I'm not going to hang out here. I need to leave. Mm-hmm. Well, this guy was very upset about that and he felt that he was robbed. And so he, you know, decided to grab a gun and, you know, get a little violent about it. And she ran away and ran out to the, you know, to her, I guess her, her ride to get out of there. And, uh, but he still got her. He still ended up shooting her. Mm-hmm. And the way that he defended himself from this, uh, was that he said that she was robbing him. So he used a, a Texas law that says, if you're being robbed, you can defend yourself with, uh, with, you know, violence. If that person dies, which she did eventually, uh, then, you know, you can, you can, that's your defense. And, uh, they agreed. And so they let him free. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, yeah. this poor young girl who was not more than 20 years old, um, she was in a coma for nine months and then she eventually passed. Oh, wow. And so it just, just bothered me. I, the only thing I regret is that I didn't put their, their names in the, in the story her name in the story. Her name was um, Lenora um, Ivy Frago. Hmm. And I tried so hard to get that name because that's a special name. You can't forget that name. Yeah. yeah. So I tried to put that in there, but I didn't quite make it into the lyrics, but so that's just a story that just something I probably would have never even found it if I wasn't just like, you know, bored on social media one day, but it just showed me that, you know, it's worth it's worth it to still look around and pay attention to, to news stories that happen because they do you know it de- it deserved to just be talked about I think it was a very shocking kind of story that just didn't violence against women you know just obviously something that just couldn't couldn't escape it I couldn't believe that he got he got out free and the thing that really made it come full circle for the the last thing I'll say about it is just that in an, in a follow up interview this guy talked about how he was so traumatized by this whole event and he yeah. was so traumatized that he had killed this girl and he couldn't sleep at night anymore and he couldn't he'd watch TV shows and couldn't watch the movies with, you know, gunfights and things. Cause he was so traumatized by it. So it just was a little infuriating to yeah. I think anybody reading it on that end. And it definitely was, he, he, he was, he was in trouble in the, in the story. It definitely was not leaning good towards him. It was not a, right. it was not a favorable story about him, but it still was just, just something that just got me going. And there's, that times, you know, it's, it's either that or just maybe something that actually happened to someone I know or a story someone told me or anything like that that can get me going and end up writing, end up in a song. Hmm. Kind of just the main, the basic process of how any of it starts anyway, whether it's a news article or just a, something I'm trying to get over or something that my friends are telling me about. It ends up in there. <laughs> have you have you got anything like um, that you've been thinking about writing a song about that you haven't yet, like some kind of story or topic? Actually, yes, I'm trying to, there's a couple things that I'd like to, I don't want to ever force anything, you know, I don't ever want to like overthink it or, or try to over uh, achieve something if it's not flowing out naturally, but I've had a couple things almost for a couple of years that have hung around. I, I know one example I've talked about maybe even before to some of my friends is that I'm very uh, fascinated by Amelia Earhart. I think that uh, her, whole, her whole story is really incredible and there's a lot more behind her than people realize and her um, the story of even how she ended, or even how they've they've decided now that they've decided how she's how it actually ended for her. Even that story is kind of epic. So there just would be 
it'd be really great for me to, to be able to capture that in like a three or four minute kind of story. And maybe it's not that short and maybe it can't be captured in just one thing. And that's why it's like never felt right for me, but I've really wanted to write something historical about and traditional in that sense and really kind of pay homage to her. That sounds silly, but it's just something me and my grandfather used to bond about. And it's one of the first stories he ever told me. And even though I kind of have a fear of flying, <laughs> uh-huh. he was an air, he was an air force pilot for years. And so he loved planes. And so he talked about planes and the one he couldn't wait to tell his granddaughter about, you know, the woman who flew the plane, he was fearless about it. So even though she had a, it was a tragedy and a mystery almost how she ended up. So it was kind of just one of those first things that your granddad kind of granddad story that you hear and it's stuck with you forever. So I've wanted to write about that. There's definitely also emotions that I want to be able to capture better and express properly. There's situational things I'd like to be able to express. I don't even know, like off the top of my head, I'm thinking of personal things, but also it sounds, it sounds silly, but there's just like certain types of friendships you want to write about. And like, you know, like let's say two women who have had their heart broken by the same person. Like you're not friends. You're not enemies. Yeah. Like, there's mm-hmm. some sort of bond there. There's like little things like that that I think about too. And I'll write little notes, like try to make that a song or try to turn that into, to try to turn that nasty emotion into like something worth it. So like three minutes, you're, if you're mad at some one person, like turn it around and make it be like that. So I'm always trying for that kind of thing. But yeah. How many, um, how many song pieces or ideas or files, just how many files do you have on your uh, phone uh, voice memo? <laughs> That is a loaded question. Um, good ones, not many. <laughs> um, a lot of you need you need two different uh, two different voice apps. <laughs> one for the good, apps. yeah. One for, for the good files. ones, right? One is like this is just for me to laugh at later. This is this is the one that might spark something. Um, definitely several. It's voice memo all the way for sure. Because sometimes I won't even have a melody yet, but I'll have words. Sometimes vice versa. I'll have all kind. I have a lovely little unexpected cadence to in my head. And then it won't even, you know, I'll have no words for it yet. So a variety of those things. But yeah, it any I was literally complaining the other day. It was such a nice thing to complain about. It sounded like such a humble brag, but there's about four or five songs right now that I'm trying to wrap up and finish and kind of place where they need to be. Mm-hmm. And I know some of my songwriter friends are going through the same things. So it's kind of interesting interesting. It's like being prolific, but not really like finishing the, yeah, <laughs> and doing yeah. it right. Kind of trying not to beat yourself up about it, but you're also <laughs> trying to get it done. That's kind of a good, um, I mean, some, everybody works differently, but, Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people like the idea that they have four or five things they're working on. And so Mm -hmm. whatever, like if they're, and it's at different stages, so they feel like writing lyrics, they can write lyrics that day or to this song. If they feel like doing a little recording, they can do some recording if they feel like, you know, playing guitar, playing bass, you know, that sort of thing. So it's good to have a few things going at once, as long as you don't get overwhelmed. Cause a lot of people, then a lot, some people say, well, if I have five things going, I won't do any of them because I can't uh, compartmentalize. Uh, I know. I'm very, I'm blessed with that, that kind of skill. I can at least leave things and not, they won't fester if I leave them, but I do have to remind myself to definitely go back to everything and see it again. But yeah, yeah. I'm glad I can let some of them go and it won't just like keep me in my room all day. <laughs> necessarily. I wouldn't get anything done, but it definitely, yeah, that's, that's a good point. <laughs>
think that one yeah so i put that one in there that's the last one on the record i think there's definitely uh so making all these machines is really really fun because i'll talk a little bit about that too that goes right into what i mean with uh what i want to say about no regard basically when we made all these machines we used a lot of different uh sessions and a lot of different musicians because again i'm, I'm lucky that i just happen to know a lot of musicians you know co-workers if you will and you know I wanted to collaborate a lot. And when I'm writing songs, even sometimes in my head, I'm hearing a lot of different parts necessarily, but then I um, was really glad to work with uh, my producer, Tom Troyer, because I feel like he just kind of organized them appropriately and put them in their right songs and stuff. And it was very apparent on the the whole album that some of the songs were like definitely songs that I was really into and definitely songs that Tom was really like working hard on. And I think No Regard Hurt was one that I, I was really attached to as well. It's a song that was older than some of the other songs on the record. It wasn't a brand new song by any means when I started tracking it. I've recorded it about three different times with three different other 
bands, situations, producers, studios, and I've, it just never felt right. And this version of it felt really right. So I really, really love this particular version of this song that ended up on the record. I love that we end it um, with this. I love the piano outro with my friend Laura Zapp playing beautiful piano that goes into like kind of like the toy keyboard part. It's just, it's a really great way to, I think, end all the all the things I'm carrying on about on the record. I think it's a great way to finish it in that way. So that's why I think I, I talked about this song. That's why I think I brought this song up into the table. <laughs> how do you say, when you tell people the name of this song, how do you handle the parentheses? Do you say parentheses? Like I, I do say, I say no regard hurt. Now it was called hurt before. Uh-huh. And I think that somebody just suggested, I can't remember now why it happened. I think somebody just suggested, Oh, you should change the title. I just, I think I have anxiety about my song titles. Mm-hmm. So if people give me an idea about them, I'm like, Oh, you're correct. I'm going to change that immediately. Cause I have trouble naming songs and I don't know. There's a cop out to even say that. Cause it's just like, Oh, get over it. And you can, you can name songs. You know, my but theory it, on naming songs for, right. in- please, please tell me, <laughs> please my, do. <laughs> my theory on it. Yeah. For any musicians is, um, you should don't don't even worry about trying to get it connected to the song, but name it. Uh, I want to hold your hand by the Beatles. Like that's the name <laughs> of your song. Yeah, right? that's exactly. Yeah, name it. Name it. Uh, Angel from Montgomery by John Prine. Number, and then, number one. Hit. Then when somebody's looking for it or looking for that song, they'll they'll click on that and he's like, oh, well, I'm sorry, that's the name of my song. It's, it's like, there's no like, you can't history. copyright a song title. You can't copyright. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can name true? my, I'm terrified if that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> just a title. Yeah. You get not a title. I mean, cause Maybe. there's, there's <laughs> hundreds of like some songs that are it's like, true. there'd be 20 different songs called. I love, I mean, I think there's a, a bunch of songs called I love you and you know, of course. Yeah. There's like probably freedom. Really I bet a lot of one word titles. <laughs> like freedom. Yeah. Definitely a lot of one word. Well, um, like, uh, one thing I like to give like punk bands a hard time is uh, stop naming your songs Adderall because every <laughs> every like twenty um, something uh, twenty to yeah probably twenty something punk band has a song called Adderall because you know they're all into Adderall and so they name Adderall. I, I'm, I dare you go look go to Spotify right now and look up Adderall as a song. I'm I believe you. I don't know because I'm noticing now that I'm kind of. I used to be like the. I used to be the youngest person at shows all the time because I was mm-hmm. lucky. I had like friends that were older that would sneak me into things and stuff. But now I'm definitely starting to be like the older person at shows. Yeah. So, like this being is, at a 20, being at a punk show with twenty year old kids, I'm just like, yeah, this is great. I'm like, oh, I'm definitely. This is kind of a uh, awkward okay. question right now, but do you have a song titled Adderall? By any I do not. Oh, okay, good. Okay, you're okay. I'll leave that part in then. You wait. Yeah. I like that you checked that. Yeah. I wait till after. I don't want to be a phony. I want to. I'll go ahead. I want to be fake about it. Yeah. But do that with your song titles. I'll, I'll send you some some other other ideas. I know. I just need to like find some other. Yeah. Another way to do that. Thanks again to Laura Jane Vincent for being on the podcast. This is part one. We'll have a part two coming up in several weeks. Don't forget to find her music at laurajanevincent.bandcamp.com and follow her on Instagram and Facebook so you know when she's going to be playing live. Once again, don't forget to subscribe to WNC Original Music wherever you get your podcasts. As it's getting colder, make sure to go out and support live local music wherever you are. Buy local music wherever you are. Get some t-shirts. Those are really cool. I should do kind of a t-shirt roundup. I might work on that. The closing song this week comes from husband and wife duo His and Hers, also known as Caleb and Sarah Davis. They were nice enough to send this closing song, but also we're going to have them on for a full episode uh, in a few weeks. So looking forward to that. You can find them at hisandhersnc.com. Here's His and Hers. Have a good week.
That's the best of episode. Right? The award-winning content right yeah. here. <laughs> oh, we were charming. I wish I was live streaming this. Wow.